And that music can only mean one thing. The Delaware Valley Journal is on the air. The official podcast of DelawareValleyJournal.com. We bring you news you can't find anywhere else about Bucks, Chester, Delaware, and Montgomery counties. With us as always, our intrepid news leader, Linda Stein. Greetings, Linda. Greetings, Michael. How are you? I'm great. I am Michael Graham with Inside Sources, and it's a delight to be here. And there's a lot of news uh, in uh, the Delaware Valley, as there always is. And one of the stories, or one of the themes, I should say, that comes up again and again in our reporting are concerns about crime and what, if any, correlation there is between what's happening with crime in the city of Philadelphia, what's happening in the suburbs, should people who live in the you know quieter areas be concerned? And also the shift of work from downtown, from center city out to the suburbs as well. We've been writing about the uh, tax part, as you know, Linda, there's a proposal to let the cities cut, get you know a piece of the action on the uh, wage tax that the city is able to charge on people who are quote based in the city of Philadelphia, but don't even go in to Philly. They still work from the suburbs because of COVID or post COVID, whatever. And, uh, and there's concern that, well, we need the money because we need to provide more services, including law enforcement. And uh, that's, that's part of the different world for life in the Delaware Valley than just say three or four years ago. That's true. Um, there, there's a bill pending where um, the city would have to give up some of that money they're already getting from the uh, supposed commuters. Right. So um, they, the bill would um, allow some of the townships uh, in the suburbs to, you know, have that money for their uses, since the people do live there. And the, there are also other crime issues that uh, come along with the hollowing out of the center city or more uh, commercial activity out in the uh, suburbs. So let's talk to longtime law enforcement veteran Michael Chitwood. Welcome to the podcast. So glad to have you. Thank you. I appreciate it. So with that, instead of us talking, could you would you mind just kind of walking through your career in law enforcement in southeastern Pennsylvania? Okay, I spent about uh, 20 years in the Philadelphia Police Department uh, where I walked walked the beat in some of the tougher neighborhoods in the city. Mm-hmm. Then went in the Highway Patrol, then went in a narcotics squad, and then made detective where I was eventually assigned to the Homicide Division. I also uh, was a hostage negotiator for years, uh, been involved in uh, numerous incidents, uh, high-profile incidents. So over the years, 19 and a half years, I was then recruited and took a job as a police chief in a suburban community outside of Philadelphia, Middletown Township, mm-hmm. which is up by the Oxford Valley Mall. I stayed there about four and a half years, four years. And then I went to Portland, Maine as police chief. I stayed there 17 years as police chief. And then where I retired, I spent 14 years in Upper Derby, which borders Philadelphia, right, right. outside of Philadelphia. So I am very familiar with uh, Philadelphia, the greater Philadelphia area. Um, my whole life was spent in 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 or close to that area of uh, the community. And so what would you say has changed most about law enforcement in the greater Philly area in, in your time? Well, when I, when I was a homicide detective and I can go back probably late seventies, 
we had 400 murders a year, uh, wow. one year, one, one year alone. But what has happened now is more people have access to guns and have guns than ever before. Mm-hmm. So the gun, the gun issue is a major, major problem. Now, what comes with the gun issue is the, is the deviants that are using these weapons to carjack, mm-hmm. to do robberies, to do shootings, to do murders, to do whatever they want to do. And in my opinion, the, the big thing is that the consequence of your illegal activity is almost nil, if not nothing. And that's to me is the biggest issue that impacts crime across America, but in particular Philadelphia. Now, for example, when I was in Upper Darby, it was it was considered the suburbs. The suburbs were considered Upper Darby, which if you can imagine, that makes you laugh. <laughs> but again, again, that was that was it. So people and crime stopped at the border. Every once in a while, you had a you had a burglary or a robbery or somebody crossed Cobb's Creek and uh, did, did some dastardly deed. But for the most part, crime remained in Philadelphia. Right. Well, crime, crime, has, crime has since expanded. And the suburbs is no longer the suburbs. The suburbs is an extension of Philadelphia. And uh, it's, if you look at all the communities that border, border Philadelphia, every one of them has gone downhill. And it's gone downhill because of the crime. And, and I really, really feel that the crime is, is probably has an impact. You know, I, I got a kick out of you saying about the new bill that they're, they're going to pass about people not working in, 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 in right. town, Philadelphia. That's going to change. That's going to change as sure as God made heaven and earth. That's going to change. <laughs> it's it's it has to change because eventually, what you're going to see is the bigger the bigger communities, the Upper Darby, the Howard Towns, or all that. They're all right. being inundated with people coming out of Philadelphia who who are going to commit crime. Right. Not everybody out of Philadelphia is a criminal, but what you're seeing is an increase in those types of activities uh, that law enforcement becomes more and more involved in. Number one, the law enforcement doesn't get the support that they need. Number two, uh, when you talk about defunding the police, you see it. And then number three, and I believe is the most important part, there's no consequences to the illegal activity that occurs. There's none. Right. And, uh, and that's, that's, Especially in Philadelphia, where we have Larry Krasner as the DA, who I, has not I, been prosecuting gun crimes as much. If you're I, a prior, if you're a criminal with prior charges and you're not supposed to have a gun, um, he's just dropping those, yeah. uh, the gun charges. I agree 100. Uh, percent I agree, uh, and, and and you know you have to have you have to have actions commiserate to the crime so if somebody commits a gun crime they should be punished to the full extent of the law if they're carrying a gun they should be punished to the full extent of the law whatever that is whether it's five years or three years or whatever not thrown out of uh, uh, that's what you're getting more and more of they're throwing it out and they're not prosecuting and 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 
So you're saying that people are being apprehended and they've got a gun that they're illegally in possession of, let's say somebody with a record, whatever, and they get busted for whatever uh, assault, that the fact that they illegally possess a gun, that that crime just isn't being included, is just being thrown out and they're being prosecuted for the other ones? They're not receiving the appropriate sentence. For example, you might get probation or you may get a month. If if, if it calls for five years. Mm with a gun, then you should get the five years, period, period. Not not let out in six months or, you know, uh, however they, they choose to do whatever. And I blame the prosecutor, the DA's office for, for handling those types of things. When I was there, you, you, you paid the penalty. You got caught with a gun or you got caught doing a robbery or you got caught doing a carjacking. Mm-hmm. You paid the ultimate goal, the ultimate price. You paid it. To- Hey, you don't pay it. And that's that's what's, what I think is is a major f- impact on crime. You're never going to stop the gun well, violence. I, However, going to reduce murders it. are down a, a bit this year. They're down 16%, but it just doesn't feel safe in Philadelphia uh, still. Um, at least to, a lot of people tell me that that go into Philadelphia regularly. They worry about taking SEPTA. Um, and just recently we had a jailbreak that uh, two inmates of um, one of the Philadelphia jails were able to cut their way out of a fence on Sunday evening. The guards didn't even realize they were missing until Monday afternoon. Yeah, yeah, stop right there, stop right there. Uh, 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 Mr. Chitwood, you gotta explain, how is it possible that two guys can be in prison and gone for almost 24 hours and nobody notices it? I, to me, to me, it's, it's ludicrous. It's, it's absolutely unexplainable. I, I have no idea. However, what you're seeing more and more of those types of things that are occurring, not necessarily the, the prison to, to right. prisoner escaping, but the preponderance of the activity, the criminal activity that's occurring today never was seen before in such volume. And that's what you're seeing over and over and over again. So, you know, today you can ride the subway. Tomorrow you may not be able to ride the subway. And so so it goes. And, and, and what you see is you see such an increase in the criminal activity that's occurring. And you know what? I don't I don't believe anything they, they say about statistics because you can fudge statistics to, to say whatever you want to say. Crime is ba- a bad problem. Crime is a major problem. Crime is a significant problem. Period. And then we had two campaign workers and they both pull out guns and one shoots <laughs> the other. It's like it's the Wild West. Um, it's, 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 it's absolutely insane. And, and again, that spills out into the suburbs because you never saw this type of activity. Right. And now you see it all the time, whether it's murder of a, of a young kid or whether it's a, a carjacking or whether it's a, uh, a drug uh, bust, it's all occurring in, in some of the more affluent communities, if you will. You know, what was more affluent than the Lower Marion? Well, you or mentioned uh, drugs. Um, we're seeing more and more fentanyl flooding into the region. Uh, of course, it's um, across the country. It's, it's, a, it's a major problem. I mean, I can remember being active in in the drug arrest, the drug activity, and uh, 
fentanyl was just starting to make its ugly, bear its ugly head, as, as you've seen four or five years ago. Now it's commonplace. It's, 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 there's as much fentanyl out there as there is marijuana. So, I mean, that's a, that's a sad commentary wow. on the, the problem. And that's and it's not only Philadelphia, it's across the board. So do you, do you see a connection between uh, law and, uh, enforcement of laws, for example, about uh, illegal immigration and then issues like uh, drugs, fentanyl, et cetera? Or is that a, a not are they the two not necessarily related? I believe they are related. I believe that it's an issue that's impacting our country. And I believe that it starts with China sending it to Mexico, right. Mexico producing it, sending it to the United States, pure and simple. And what they're doing is they're killing hundreds of thousands of people a year. That's crazy. That's insane. You know, the mixture of uh, fentanyl with, with uh, heroin. Right. Fentanyl with marijuana, fentanyl with other, other drugs. Mm. It's, it's, it's just incredible. And that's all you see is over and over again. And you know, one of the things that we've covered at uh, Delaware Valley Journal is the uh, fight against counterfeit goods, because back in the day, the counterfeit goods fight was about like whatever, you know, knockoff purses or, you know, knockoff, you know, Adidas shoes. But the pharmaceuticals have become a huge uh, area for counterfeit goods and the path you just described, which is the precursor in China, it comes to Mexico, gets produced. It looks kind of like, you know, a, a legit drug. People go online during COVID. You had a bunch of people who weren't used to shopping online for anything more complicated than, you know, a, a gift for the family, whatever, at Amazon.com, suddenly on these websites saying, hey, don't go out for COVID to your drugstore, buy the drugs directly from us. And the like you said, the drugs were uh, fentanyl. And one of the, the debates has been, should law enforcement expend, you know, effort on trying to fight something like, you know, counterfeit sales, which is kind of looked down upon as, a, you know, who cares, a low-end crime. And the argument that the folks that, for example, USAIT make is, no, this is the same pipeline. Yeah, sure, maybe. It used to be whatever knockoff handbags in the past, but that same pipeline is now bringing the uh, the drugs, the fentanyl lace drugs, the knockoff counterfeit drugs, the knockoff COVID, uh, you know, products, et cetera. And the law enforcement needs to do it. But I just assume if you're a local cop, you don't want to hear I'm on the counterfeit, you know, goods beat. Do you? I, I think you should. I think that it has to be done. But again, where are the resources? Where's mm -hmm. the manpower? It, you, you, it's just not there. It's not there, and you're you're 100 in what you say, but where's the beef? There is no beef. There is no police officer. There is no investigator. There's nothing, and you keep on cutting back and cutting budgets and uh, defunding the police. You're gonna you're gonna run into a major major problem. It's just it's a matter of time, and you see it across the country in the big cities, especially. Oh, uh, it's, it's happening in Philadelphia, believe it or not, in my opinion, it's only going to get worse. It's not going to get better. It's only going to get worse. So well, it's, not just the it's not just the defunding. It's um, they're having problems recruiting officers because uh, of um, people are discouraged and, and they don't want to, you know, join the force when they're not going to be supported. You're right. You're hundred percent right. If you if you're not going to support the police, the men and women that that put on the badge, then 
it's it falls into disarray. It falls into disrepair, and it's and it's and it's 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 incomprehensible that it that it happens. But it's happening more and more. And uh, you know, it, it's it's great that you want to bring in social workers. It's I I don't have a problem with that. As psychologists, I don't have a problem with that. But when it comes to violent crime, you need a well-trained police officer. Period. Period. And maybe the same goes for the corrections officers who are yeah. evidently under undermanned and discouraged too. Yeah, uh, absolutely, absolutely. Any first responder is going to run into the problem that, that is facing our communities today, and that's the sad, the sad thing. One last question for you, and maybe we can uh, do a positive note here. In the you know, Philadelphia, you've got the mayor's race going on. You got some people who are pretty far to the left. Uh, Helen Jim, uh, uh, not exactly what someone would consider a, a traditional conservative. She was, uh, you know, out on the edges with the defund the police now uh, movement. Now she's talking about stabilizing, not reducing the police budget anymore. She's kind of shifted her her view. Uh, Sherelle Parker drafted a resolution to ban the use of uh, stop and frisk. She said it was unconstitutional, should be blocked, et cetera. Uh, and now she says that she's open to seeing stop and frisk come back and she wants to hire 300 more Philly cops. Do you think that some of the people who maybe thought that we could let the enforcement go, they were concerned about what they perceived as abuses by police, they were you know, trying to find a new, a new level do you think they now see that maybe the pendulum swung too far and you're going to see more rallying around the police from politicians in places who in the past have been more antagonistic? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm a firm believer of stop and frisk. You got to have probable cause to stop and frisk somebody. Yeah, but it's you one thing for you to believe in stop and frisk. The fact that you have progressive members of the city council I, who drafted rules to end it now saying, hey, maybe we can bring it back. Is that, is I, that good news in your opinion? Uh, the, the news is good, the news by itself, but until it's implemented, who knows? Who knows? Who knows what they're going to do once they get elected? It's just impossible to know that. Once they get elected, then the, the pudding uh, expands and, and you can dip into the pudding. <laughs> Uh, well, in other words, they'll say anything to get elected, right? I like that pudding. The, the proofs in the pudding. I like that. Very good. Police Chief Michael Chitwood, thank you so much for joining us here on the Delaware Valley Journal. We really appreciate your time. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks so much for listening to this edition of the Delaware Valley Journal on the air. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with your friends, post it on social media. And if you haven't, sign up for our twice a week newsletter so you don't miss any of the terrific content from DelawareValleyJournal.com. Thanks again. I'm your host, Michael Graham.